His face just dropped. He looked like he was going to vomit And so did the bead of sweat I was following down his forehead. <laughs> so sweaty. They can't she wear sunglasses. liquid in every direction. I, <laughs> literally, oh there's nothing wrong with it. I was like, what, should it? we put him in rice overnight? <laughs> Can we salvage this Blake? <laughs> no. He got waterlogged. I dropped him in the toilet, and he's never going to be dry. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. What a night. What a day. How much sweat did we see? I have so much to talk about. I have so many feelings... So many of them are negative. <laughs> I'm so tired. Which is what you want from a bachelorette finale. Yeah, it's always what I want. I, you know, rather than, you know, being able to coo about the adorable proposal, I prefer to think yet again about the impact of Garrett's Instagrams. And that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> to discuss all of this, we're joined by one of our favorite guests, Allison Williams. Thanks for joining us. Guys, Hello. There is no one that we would have rather done done this with. Thank so. you so much. I mean, I know you have a deep, deep well of people you can call on. I'm, no, I'm being serious. Like, you're talking producers, cast members. I'm very flattered. Thank cast you. Cast members, you know, they just don't bring the same outsider's perspective that you do. It's <laughs> true. Um, outsider pretending to be an insider. Or the same, you know, level of note-taking. Yeah. Oh, well, that is almost certainly true. But <laughs> it's just because I miss being in school. Allison has an outline of notes laid out in front of her. I love it. Um, mine are just stream of consciousness paragraphs that so I, I choose when to paragraph separate them pretty much at random. Um, mm-hmm. It's very organized. Yeah, I go with bullet points. You know, we all have we all we all have our strengths. We all have our ways. Yeah. Um, so let's get started. They're in the Maldives. It's in the middle of the Indian Ocean. I learn a lot about geography from this show because I don't go on exotic vacations. I will much. say of everyone in this episode, the Maldives came off the best. They are <laughs> so beautiful. I agree. All I want to do is live in one of those hut cabin things that just float on stilts in the middle of the Amazing. ocean. That's like the one thing I wanted for my honeymoon. And um, I'm just going to say it didn't happen. <laughs> just I think on stilts. I think it's really expensive to go on vacation on an island where the homes are cabins on stilts. Um, I think you might be right. Yeah. I thought it was attainable. But when we looked into it, it turned out it's extremely pricey. So <laughs> FYI to our listeners. Um, but, you know, it was beautiful. It was a little temperamental, a lot of stormy rain, mm-hmm. but it just added to the whole like experience emotional and that turmoil kind of rain, rain feels good because it's really hot and it's just a cleansing rain yeah and there seem to be infinity pools everywhere where becca can perfectly mermaid out of the water can we talk about <laughs> that shot i'm so disturbed by the fact that she didn't like cough water up or need to like wipe her nose or wipe her eyes she just like comes out of the water her hair is in perfect position and she just like blinks it was yeah. it was captivating and and her eyelashes are I just know. perfect always. I know. Is she coming out of the pool? Is she waking up from a you know a night in the fantasy suite? It doesn't matter. They're perfect. That eyeliner. That perfect. Is there. It was gorgeous. I do love when the woman is saying something in the voiceover like, 
I'm deeply in love and I can't wait to commit my life to someone. And it's her just emerging mostly naked from a pool <laughs> covered in water. It's amazing. Um, everyone's uh, dream wife, obviously. Everyone on this show basically wanted to marry her. And it's really sad that she had to pick Garrett in the end. But here we are. Um, she is in love with both of them. Her heart recognizes Blake's heart. She always thought he'd be the one she'd pick. But with Garrett, he has some qualities, too. He's a person. <laughs> He's, a, He's person. a person. No, really, I think, honestly, and she talks about it early on, the dad thing, I think, is the biggest factor yeah. in yes. the entire choice. Which is crazy to me. Like, when I figured out that my husband reminded me of my dad, I felt really weirded out by it. I it had the same thing. It is a natural impulse, but natural, it feels weird. I didn't know it until after we were married. And it started to show itself. I think as my husband gets older and as, you know, I see them in similar circumstances, I'm just like, oh, my God, I did that thing. Yeah. I did that thing where I fully married someone exactly like my dad in a lot of ways, not in every way. But I do think that since it was her first observation, it remained the most relevant one that he just reminded her, like she said, of home and of her dad. He felt comfortable to her. I also think it was very clear very early on, not only did he have this quality that made him feel like her father, who's such a huge presence in her life, despite not physically being there. Um, well, but, what a weird right? place to start laughing. <laughs> no, I just realized what she was going to say. Uh, I was like, yes, awkward. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but so, sorry, now I just completely lost my train of no, thought. No, we're taking this very seriously. Sorry that I worded that very awkwardly. Um, but he also is just light and easy. She Every time she was with him, she was laughing. She didn't have to talk about her feelings that much. With Blake, He's it was like... He's incapable of it. That's right. Why. I don't think that he... I don't know that he has a great depth of emotion, but I think in this circumstance, that felt very appealing to her because Blake is a lot of, a lot of emotional labor and finessing, and he needs... Uh, a little more reassurance. Just like a yeah. person. Yeah, like, like a, a human. Person. Like an actual human <laughs> yeah. being. I mean, Like everyone I've ever met. Let's be clear, I, I relate deeply to Blake. So do I. I think my main impression of Garrett's courtship style is he just really doesn't want to have to do this again. Like dating, so much work. I know. Saying I love you to a woman is exhausting. Like what if he just never had to deal with it again, which is so romantic. So romantic. I'm like, I'm the woman who could make sure that he never has to make an effort again. And wouldn't that just be great? <laughs> and yes, <sighs> yes. And yes, apparently, apparently she is. Yeah. So they go to meet Becca's family. Huge fan of her family. Love her Loved family. Them. The Loved most them. A-plus mom uh. parent in maybe the history of this show. Yeah. I she is so wise and loving and I just her but sweet honest of character. Also. Yes. When she says it will ha- it's gonna happen. She it, they played this like ominous music under it, but I was like, that's the most gentle, loving thing you can say to someone in this moment. You are gonna hurt someone's feelings. So So like stop Basing yeah. your your right. decision beating, on that, and yeah. like, let go of that. Up. Think about that, yourself. That is going to come. Honestly, every scene where it was just her and her mom or her sister felt like a scripted indie drama because they were just saying the right things that kind of cut to the bone of the yes. emotion at stake. They were having like, and it may really like struck me how much different it must be to be in a family with sisters compared to like if I had those conversations with my brothers, it would be like shoulder punch. I don't know. He's cool. <laughs> Glad you're finally not single. All See, right, my brother, bye. my brother and I have those conversations. <laughs> That's, That's really he's exactly like their sibling relationship was very reminiscent of mine and my brother's, oh, which is very that. sweet. Yes, I mean, I, I sort of think Douglas should go on to every show, every Bachelor finale. I think like you've pitched him every time that we've talked. I think he's it needs a, to happen. He's the best. He's really great. I'm a huge fan. 
Um, so he's available, I guess. He's not. No. Oh, no. Sorry. All right. No, so he just can't. So now he can't go on the show. No, no, no. I meant he should fly in for the finales and oh. be part of the family and talk to the contestants. <laughs> like a he rent can fill a in for all the you know yeah. shitty family members that we've seen. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but her sister was fantastic. Seemed to ask you know good questions to the men, but also be very wonderfully supportive of Becca and really you know put the decision in her court, which I liked. Yeah. I loved when Garrett sat down with them. I noticed that he said he was excited and also nervous. Thank you so much for acknowledging. I can't stop hearing it now. <laughs> I know. And Blake really was the main offender last night. He said yeah. it like six times in a row. So often. Yeah. But thank you so much for noticing. Yeah. Um, and Garrett tells them that the first night that he met Becca, they fished in the pool and he gave her a keepsake fly. And she's like, well, my family also loves to fish. Oh, boy. She was Shared selling him so hard. Yeah. yeah, she really was. That was how I kind of, that was my first that was tell. indication. Yeah. I was like, if you're getting that excited about how he also loves to fish, then clearly you're. Also, if you've seen Garrett's Instagram, there are a lot of photos of him just holding up I have seen fish. Garrett's Instagram. Yeah. It's funny. Well, you should mention that. Lots of Boy. other things. We'll get to that. But all I could think about was that he w- is totally the guy on Bumble that is his main photo. It's just him holding a giant dead fish because I see them all the time. Oh, we shot Get Out in Alabama. Have we not talked about this before? Maybe we have. We have. It's an obsession of, of mine. <laughs> the amount of dead animals being held in Bumble photos is fascinating because it's appealing to someone. Well, Apparently. I, I think it's appealing to Becca. And what interested me this episode is that Garrett is very much the guy who's like, I can provide for like, here's a fish. I can wrestle this fish to the ground to protect you like and also feed you. And Becca says, I want a 50-50 relationship. I want a partnership. But I think on a deep level, she wants to be protected. And she wants that guy who's going to support her through a post-apocalyptic hellscape. And I I mean, that was Garrett's sell. I guess so. But, like, in my mind, Blake is that guy, too. So it's really confusing. Like, Blake seems so capable. He looks like a lumberjack. He, I just don't Becca's think he sells himself even that even said way. when he walked in. He looks like a movie star. A Disney star? Did she say a Disney? Movie a movie star. And I, I thought that was so relatable. Like, she he was clearly like disarmed by how Teller. cute he is. Yes. Eventually, he, Miles yes. Teller will play him in the biopic about his heartbreak. <laughs> I think Blake looks like a Disney prince in yes. the way that his neck is just, like, so sturdy and, like, it's a little cartoonish, mm-hmm. but it works, you know? It all works. It all really I just want to go back and clarify that I was not on Bumble while we were shooting that <laughs> out. I was yeah. married. My sister Alexa was on. I just little late to, like, for this damage <laughs> control, Allison. So sorry. Okay, fine. I have a thing for just murderers <laughs> of animals in the South. You got me. Um, sometimes you just got to go on Bumble. And, yeah, like, I just wanted to make friends that have similar <laughs> interests. Yeah, exactly. And you were like, how many animals have you killed? And yes, how many you can, can you hold in a yeah. photo? <laughs> Okay. Um, so Garrett just cannot stop crying during oh my his God. meeting. Have I... we seen him cry at all the rest of no, the season? And I think he told Becca that he like never cries. He never feels sad. He never feels sad and therefore never cries. So except what also was that, that he we went through saying? a divorce that almost broke him, but he never gets sad and also yes. never cries, except he cries a lot. I, I mean, it was clearly, I, I said in my notes, are we watching someone have a breakdown? And then I quoted my husband who was sitting behind me. He goes, what is with this guy <laughs> in the middle of it? To be fair, he was talking about his mom who had thyroid and breast cancer, which Aww. is terrible. And his Sorry. grandfather who died from cancer. So he's talking about emotional things. But it's not the first time we've seen him talk about emotional things. So something, I think the pressure, the stress, 
uh, I don't know. I don't know what was happening. Yeah, it's interesting. It feels like he usually doesn't maybe tap into his actual emotions about things very much because we've seen him talk about emotional stuff and act very blasé about it. Yeah. And it seems like he's finally maybe feeling emotions. I still just get the sense when he talks about Becca that he's saying, I love her. I love her so much. But what he's feeling is kind of a mild pleasure. You know, like I don't really feel any depth to it. I think he's, I mean, I think he's fully in love with her. So do I. I think he is. And it was interesting to me that the moment he really needed to sell himself, he somehow managed to tap into that that real emotion. And I think that her family responded really, really well to that vulnerability. But we didn't see it at all yeah. the entire rest of the season, and it bothered me. Yeah. I have a couple theories. Sorry, do sorry, you have theories? I have a couple theories. One is that in the wake, I don't know how easily they're able to like edit on the fly, and I didn't get a ton of an impression from your interview last week about that with Lincoln, but my gut is that they thinned Garrett out in the middle of the season, and so mm-hmm. we didn't see a lot of their dynamic until in except for the beginning of the season and then towards the end. And so we may have missed more emotional moments. The other thing is that I think he was surrounded by her family and it felt very emotionally familiar to him. And that probably is what opened him up. Like, I don't think he felt that kind of comfort and camaraderie with the other guys in the house. So crying with them wouldn't feel right. But like, you know, it's a very sort of faith-based family and that's what he comes from. And so they're all speaking kind of exactly the same language. And I think it just cut right to his heart and just broke it And Uncle Chuck does seem, you know, like a good person to cry with. I will say that. I think that it was Uncle Chuck who asked, well, have you cried with Becca? Yeah. And he's like, I don't think so. And that, I mean, that to me is a moment of like, well, why not? I don't know. But... Uh, I do want to call out one of my favorite moments from Garrett uh, this episode, <laughs> low bar, um, <laughs> is the speech he gives to his sister. Um, he's getting emotional. He's crying. He's saying, I would guard her heart. I would make sure she knows I would always choose her. I would keep her safe. I would be there for her. I would be the man that guards her heart and make sure she's safe and guarded and definitely guarded and safe and also protected. And I was like, oh, my God, Garrett. Well, should we all be preparing for something <laughs> It really made me feel like an apocalypse is coming and I'm not doing enough to get ready. In Garrett's mind, we are not prepared. Guys, shit is about to go down and Becca's the only person we know that's going to be safe. At or at first least her I was heart. like, we're no longer in like a, a moment when I think a man's ability to physically protect you is the most relevant partnership quality. Certainly not. But then I was like, but maybe it is. Yeah, I was like getting in my head. Like he seems really sure that it's going to be necessary. He's 100% positive that at some point his ability and desire to protect her and defend her, particularly her heart, which keeps her alive, so relevant. Yeah, I mean, the heart is an important organ. Is you can the ignore single it. most important quality. And there was something inherent in Blake that just made him unable to fulfill his duties. Yeah. Apparently. Well, we're going to talk about that later. (laughs) Um, And then Blake comes to meet her family second, which is always tough, I think. The family usually likes both of them, but by the time they meet the second one, they've gotten an impression of the first. And so they... It's a comparison game. Yeah, and the producers didn't do him any favors either, asking them to bring up Garrett, asking them to mention, so what if you don't get picked? Like, also somehow he's even sweatier than Garrett. Both of them have produced, like, a bucket and a half of sweat over the course of the I don't understand how Becca isn't more sweaty. She was during the... Women don't sweat, they glow. (laughs) No, 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 she actually... Because I was like, is it really hot, or is Blake just being dumped in a way that is making him 
physically react. And then I did notice that she was glistening slightly <laughs> in the breakup. So well, it made me feel worse. I thought it was just highlighter. Just it could have been like perfect. hairline highlighter. They but anyway. were in the direct sun. I was thinking of uh, – my husband was in a wedding once, an outdoor wedding in July in Louisiana. Oof. Oh, my God. And he said they were all wearing, like, patent leather, you know, like, dress shoes. And they, their feet all got, like, burnt from, oh like, God. the glare of the sun on their shoes. Just like, And I was thinking of poor Blake's, oh like, God. body being boiled alive in his suit. And we were talking earlier, Alexa and I, about, like— is it acceptable to wear something other than a tuxedo? And I was like, what do you mean? Like a Hawaiian shirt? You can't like... Yeah. But it does feel like if you're not going to fly that... I'm sorry. I get really passionate about this because I'm sick of what... It makes me nervous watching people sweat. I can't do it. <laughs> so if you're not going to fly them to a temperate climate, at least either be standing like inches from them with fans or be blotting them constantly or allow them to wear other things like I, a bathing suit. Would that have proposed in a bathing suit? Yeah, this why isn't not? Love a Island, lot of people Allison. do that. A lot of people get engaged in bathing suits. I think True. we need to make it acceptable for men to wear suits that have shorts. Yes. You know, some sort of fancy. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I can't thing. support that. No, but Will's always rocked it. I mean, he's got like a, a romp him. him. Yes. Most people can't pull that off. A romp him. A romp him with a bow tie is what every contestant should wear from now on in the proposal. Oh, I think men sorry. should be able to like definitely at the least wear like a light linen pant and a short sleeve shirt. But then you've got the wrinkle factor and they're in the car for a really long time. I mean, there's really so much to think about. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting us off track. That's a lot. Okay, I so do, yeah, we'll we'll get to. I hope they at least were wearing like Uniqlo, like cool yes, moisture wicking, yeah. moisture wicking. They were in yeah. Under Armour tuxedos. Um, um, so Blake sits down with his family. Uh, her family. He actually holds it together better than Garrett did, although. They keep bringing up Garrett, and he's freaking out in his in-the-moment. Why do they keep asking about Garrett? That can't be a good sign. So mean. He, there's no way the and this family painted, did that on their own. No, certainly not. And I feel like they painted this as, oh, Blake's just can't get out of his own head. That's a real red flag. But I think he was just correct. I think he was just yeah. reacting normally to what was being thrown at him. I mean, put yourself in his shoes. Garrett didn't have to think or talk about Blake the entire time he was with the family. He wasn't asked, what if you're not chosen? He brought it up voluntarily, I think, but I don't think they asked him the same kinds of questions. But this is also the first time we see Becca say to her sister something that I found really interesting, which was that Blake peaked early. Their relationship seems to have peaked too early. She took it for granted. And then mm -hmm. the Garrett thing was the new and exciting thing, which Blake somehow is able to, like, see clearly in the middle of his being broken up with later in the episode. But she voices it to her sister. And I was like, bingo. That's yeah. what it is. Which is insane. She just met both of these guys I eight know. weeks ago. How can the relationship have peaked too early and the other one is new and exciting. They're both extremely new relationships. <laughs> well, I mean... Not in this world, no. Claire. I, like, I was yelling at my TV screen. But, no, he's very perceptive. And I think at one point during uh, their one-on-one -on -one date, he says um, in his In the Moment that something just feels off. Something has shifted. And he... Or, no, it's at the end of his family time. And, like, that's how he felt with his ex that dumped him very suddenly. Yep. He just felt like something was off, and then she dumped him. He's feeling that now, and he's right. Like, he's very perceptive. And then he says the fact that something along the lines of the fact that we fell so early is going against me now because she has this fresh new thing, and I just have to stew about it for 36 hours. She's going to pick Garrett. Like, who do we? who else do we know that can think through their emotions that clearly in the moment without— no. 
And I guess they all, do have therapists. This, right. <laughs> I was about to do say they, they, do, they do yes, have they access do. to a therapist. Yes. Doesn't seem to have helped Garrett very much. So, like, I don't think Garrett is someone who thinks he ever needs therapy. <laughs> um, I think it was uh, his conversation with Becca's sister Emily that he uh, talks about how. Becca's really strong and he wants to work with her as a team and like support I her. I loved that. Me too. Um, yeah. And I think uh, someone pointed this out on Twitter and I agree that it's sort of telling that Blake always emphasizes supporting Becca yes. and being a teammate with her. And Garrett goes right to, I'm going to protect her. Yes. And I like strong, independent women. Yeah. It was interesting that her sister interpreted that to mean that she, he would challenge her. Which I thought was fascinating because he yeah. never said anything like that. But it was basically her sister saying, if you really want 50-50, you're only going to yeah. win 50% of your arguments. I, like, is that in, is that something you're actually interested in? I felt like like she was saying, Garrett isn't smart enough. Well, to that, I, that <laughs> is in the next that's in the next part of the episode when people and I saying, think she's correct. Is he going to challenge you enough? I think what they meant was like in the earlier point was, uh, you know, Garrett might be more of a pushover. Like, you'll get your way. You'll be able to live where you want, do what you want, whatever. With Blake, it's going to be, if you want, like, an actual teammate, he's mm-hmm. your, like, sparring partner. Like, you're going to be on equal footing also, with each other. I love the idea that with Garrett, she'll get her way when he left his wife after two months because, like, he didn't see his family often enough. And, yes. Like, I well, mean, and also emotional abuse. We have right. to take that seriously. I mean, it's more that, like— uh, it's hard for us to know. Yes, but, also true. Yes. We don't have her. But it, it Garrett actually doesn't strike. I felt like with Blake, he just was so in love with her and so, like, supportive. I felt like he would probably move wherever she wanted. I felt like he would be sort of a puppy dog. A little I bit. I think they both were extremely, extremely into her. Yeah. Yes, but. I agree. But I think also, like, so when they get back to the family after Blake is gone— Everyone is saying in a different way, I think Blake is a good match for you intellectually. I think he will challenge you. I think he's going to be there for you. And then suddenly the uncle comes out with the Garrett quote. is a poet. <laughs> the <laughs> season. I mean, these are like the oracles will be trying to <laughs> decode this for a long time. Garrett as poet is a mode that I hadn't considered. Uh, I, we all may need to rewatch the season with that interpretation. That's so slowly because it's just, you know, he's... Each word is so carefully chosen. <laughs> yeah. I, a really measured cadence. I just... To match his poetic that spirit. That was fascinating. Um, <laughs> no, I really think... Deep in my heart, I think that his uncle was trying to say he cries a lot in a nice way. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Uncle Chuck was being very charitable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said that Garrett had a beautiful soul. Um, and Becca sits down with her mom then and sort of cries mm-hmm. on her shoulder and says, I thought it would be Blake, but Garrett keeps coming up. I'm not sure anymore. I don't want to hurt anyone. And her mom, as you said, says, well, it's going to happen. Yeah. It was such a beautiful moment. It was such a beautiful moment. Mom MVP. Mm-hmm. Really, like, just doing the best that she can do for her daughter in that moment. I was yelling at my TV at that point that when she was like, I always thought it was going to be Blake. I was like, then make it Blake. Yeah. You're, I mean, come on. Anyway, If sorry. someone says, I always thought it was going to be this person, but they're done. Yeah, uh, No, obviously they're done. It was just the minute so she obvious. frames it as, I always thought it yes. would be, that that's the minute that you know for sure. Like, right. At this point, I to me there was no suspense at all. Yes, it was just especially because honestly, like Garrett even said, 
on their final date something very much like, well, if you pick the other guy, I'll be really sad, but I just want what's best for you. Yeah. And then Chris kept saying, we're going to see the most heart-wrenching breakup. And yes. I was like, Garrett is not going to give us that. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Except, actually, like, I kept going back and forth until about halfway through the episode because I thought maybe the producers were messing with us and, like, it was being edited to be more of a, like, cliffhanger the other, they always do that. I know, and they really didn't this time. It's straightforward, <laughs> so is they're continuing to be able to trick me. Um, but I think, like, I don't know. I, I thought watching Garrett and how emotional he was over the— because I thought he was vastly more emotional than Blake in terms of just crying. So I was thinking— Well, just, well, just during the—, the parent date like that's the only time we saw him get emotional true. at all true, i true. thought blake was like consistently emotional well just through it <laughs> just insightful or or self-aware or i don't know but he was the one who of... was saying things like if she if she picks garrett it will like break me yeah and well... i will never recover <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make sure you recover blake because i have a feeling you're gonna have a bunch of new girlfriends soon um yeah, if not Whether already. or not he's The Bachelor. Yeah, yeah. by the way, 100% <laughs> yeah. true. So um, Garrett's date uh, is also first. They head out on a boat. Um, and The dolphin thing is, like, really unfair. That just feels like an unfair advantage. Yeah. Also, I yeah. noticed they kept giving—well, oh, I guess we'll get to this later. But they kept giving Blake dates where they aren't—they can't touch each other. Yes, right. And all the Garrett ones were like— Let's do this thing together as a team. Where our and bodies can be, yeah, be physically very close other. together. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if she was involved in, like, she they must have, have some input. And she was like, yes, Garrett's the one I want to make out on a boat with while we look at dolphins. Yes. And Blake is the one I want to ride bikes with. And say, this is our life. My husband, who is usually quiet during these episodes, laughed so hard when he heard that comment because <laughs> he was like, are they also winning like millions and millions of dollars? Because then it might be your <laughs> yeah. life. But it's just your life in this exact moment and it will be over. Yeah, this shortly. will not be your <laughs> life at all life. in the long term. <laughs> Gotta soak it all in. I mean, it might be. Honestly, they're going to get so many free vacations. They're going to Thailand. That That's is all true. Ari and Lauren do is go on free vacations and take Instagrams of it. Listen, do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, Ride that wave. The, there, ha there is a line I have to point out here, yes. which is as poetic as Garrett is, which is when Becca says, the equator, it's 50-50, just like us. And I was like, my brain started drawing uh. these, like, complicated diagrams <laughs> of, like, the Earth. Like, what? I, I was like, how does that? Okay. How does the this equator? Translate? I'm trying to get there with you. The equator is 50-50 because on the one side of the equator uh -huh. is half 50%. Got it. Yep. And on the other half is the other 50%. Yes. The, other half half the other half is yes. the other half. The other half is the other half. Uh-huh. Do you understand? <laughs> I guess I do. I thank you for explaining that to me. It was it took it took a couple minutes. I also out of loved my night. that uh, Garrett then said, "I don't know if it's the girl or the equator, but I'm on top of the world right now." And I was like, "Garrett, oh, that is no, not no. where the equator is." <laughs> also, the, none of that makes sense. <laughs> not one piece. Not one piece of no it. No one has ever in the history of language said, "I don't know if it's the girl or the equator." <laughs> And that's why it's poetry. <laughs> and that's why he's a poet. He was like, the equator is about a place on the world, and the top is also a place on the world. Which makes me really <laughs> concerned that maybe he and thinks the Earth is a triangle. is on the world. Oh, the God. He and, yeah, he and Lincoln are going to discuss No, but know, he the doesn't think it's Earth. flat. He thinks it's a triangle because there's a top. There's a top. And what? they are at the top. No, no, no. no. I'm <laughs> not really. Okay. Not really. I mean, but let's start it. Why not? <laughs> um, and Becca says that she would like to die on the water. Yeah, with I was like, boy. Garrett and the dolphins, which was 
an odd choice. <laughs> I just saw another Not quote. Not 50 years in bed, but... Yeah, no, just like now. Imminently. <laughs> before, I have to, before I have to break up with Blake. Yeah. Um, Let's just die right here, right now. Because I'm going like to have to be the, the romantic villain. heroes. I know. Um, sorry, I skipped ahead in my notes, and I'm really excited to talk about something that's coming. Well, I... I'm excited for you to do that, but first I want to point out that Garrett describes the dolphins jumping out of the water as doing little tricks, and I <laughs> I wondered if that was just a figure of speech or if he thinks they're like SeaWorld dolphins yes. and they're performing for them. In fact, dolphins jumping and spinning out of the water is a thing that they do naturally. Yeah, they're just living their lives, and they're like, oh, these people. I'd love to like cool off and heat up without people like yelling watching at me, me yeah, squealing. So invasive. They're checking out my kid. That's awkward. That's yeah. creepy. Oh, look at the baby. Um, Garrett makes yet another comment about how Becca will be a great mother, as mm-hmm. evidenced yeah. by her ability to jump in the water. I love how I write these things down in my notes and looking back at them later, it makes a lot of sense at the time. But I wrote, they jump in the water. He doesn't know how he got so lucky. Becca will be a great mother. <laughs> so clearly he was it's talking a, a lot line. about that. Yeah, it is. Um, and then they just they just make out a lot in their bathing suits. And then it's time for the night date. And he he loves. Can we? Sorry. I just need to like. Uh, you have the floor. Okay. Am I the only person that during these dates have my eyes pinned on one of the two crotches. What? <laughs> when they're making out like this? Probably yes. not. Probably, Probably not the only not one. The only but one. I've never, oh, I, come on. I mean, here's my thing. If Garrett gets a boner, I don't want to see it. But listen, they are, they in this show, they spend so much time, and Paradise is coming up tonight, like, I'm already, like, emotionally <laughs> there be, preparing there's myself. There's definitely a lot of boners in Paradise. Do they cut around them? They must Do cut they around maneuver them. around them? If, listen, I don't want to turn everyone black into... black box all the boners. I think <laughs> they'd have to black box <laughs> yes, it, for so they must cut around they it. falsely black exactly. boxed on the women on these shows. But here's what I'm saying. They make out in bathing suits all the time. There's no way they're not getting aroused. I want to know... If I'm alone, I need to know if I'm alone out there. Am I the pervious one? Or is it just that I've done so many sex scenes that I know to look for that? <laughs> oh, does that happen a lot? It sometimes it's awful because you want it to happen because it's a compliment, but you also deeply don't want it <laughs> right, to happen. Like I don't so there's really this. like if you're the guy, there's no way to win. But I'm just uber sensitive to that like phenomena happening when there's cameras around and you're making out with someone. <laughs> so maybe I am alone and I'm still the same like little girl who would stay home from school and watch Spanish soap operas because they had the <laughs> making out in them. I don't know. Did they get boners? In, in no, the... that would have not been allowed to be on basic. Right. Um, I don't think they, they, they could show it on the No, they can't show it, but what I'm saying is I'm always on the lookout. Yeah, like, is it, it like, happening Did they subtly? miss one? Yes. Did, did they, they miss, miss a boner? boner? <laughs> <laughs> That's our new Bachelorette podcast. Me, did they miss a boner? I will let you know. I You have my solemn word. tallying every single one Don't you notice on that when they're on couches well, making out well, when the guys stand up, they look down and they straighten out their pants. Like, guys, come on. I thought they were just making sure that they didn't have wrinkles in their pants. Listen, they don't get to have I personal went to touch. School. I don't know <laughs> about these true. things. I they don't get to. I don't pers- know about they don't these get to boners. touch someone intimately for like weeks and adv- weeks in a row, days in a row, and then finally they get to like I don't know. Anyway, they get to make out with Becca. They're excited, obviously. Come on. All right. Anyway. No, I bet they just have to edit around a bunch of I them. I think they do, too. It probably happens all the time. We should ask someone about that um, when we have a, a 
I would love to know. on again. Um, How many boners did you get while filming? <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like they cut around them or like what? Um, all right. I, he sort of starts the night date by saying everything he loves about Becca, her beautiful eyes, her soft lips, the fact that she will definitely be a great wife and mother. The way she says bag. The way she just loves the quirky way she says bag. He's very just bad loves... at doing a Minnesotan accent. Bag is hard to say, though. It is. He should have chosen a different word, but he he didn't do it well. The it's like you're not like, pulling off a Minnesota accent is not accent. that distinctive that it's easy to like. I don't even notice it. To, to be my honest. ears, they both have accents. Yeah, yeah because we have non-regional dialects. We all have accents. <laughs> um, but, oh wait, but this was my favorite line of the whole season i know i keep saying that but this was really poetic <laughs> when he said you know they give you butterflies she does <laughs> butterflies she gives me eagles <laughs> i mean it was just like i wow. lost it there's something so violent about that imagery like butterflies in your heart you know is i like, think this says a lot about who garrett is who is it's it in the bible the that gets Musgrave their heart yeah exactly who gets their heart picked like pecked at by an eagle or is it greek mythology oh, greek or something mythology. like Similar. that's a, instantly what i pictured yeah, it's just like someone that? in eternity having their heart eternally yes. pecked at by what? an eagle yeah who is that i don't remember someone that did not do the right thing <laughs> <laughs> and i guess becca or garrett is one of those guys anyway well, um, I'm Googling pin to cliffs, eagles eat heart. So that's def- Prometheus. Oh, yeah. Right. Duh. Success. Yes. Okay. Um, and because he tries to like take the, the <laughs> flame of immortality from the gods or something. Our producer Nick is losing I finally his got mind Nick. right now. <laughs> finally got him. Uh, Nick is like, this is my life. I have to deal with this all the time. It's true. Um, okay. So, yeah, I wrote that down. Um, <laughs> a really top point from the episode. Yeah. Um, Apparently, Becca also says something about the dolphins that was really beautiful, which is that they were jumping in spirals like macaroni and cheese. Yes, like macaroni and cheese pasta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they exchange, <laughs> which, like, am I your dolphin? Yes, you're my dolphin. Uh, and I was like, Ugh. But it's really funny because macaroni does not have spirals. What? That is not no, the shape of macaroni. Yeah, but it's not macaroni pasta. Only like the craft mac Kraft and cheese spiral mac and has cheese spirals. But macaroni is a type of pasta. Macaroni is a type of I pasta. I understand. I totally get no, what you are. If correct. it has spirals, then it's rotini, maybe or fusilli. Fusilli, yeah. With it doesn't cheese. have the same ring to it. I want Becca to be really on her game. Here's the important thing. Garrett knew exactly what she was saying. If you were on a date with Becca, it would have come to a screeching halt. Like, I'm sorry. Do you mean be silly with cheese? But Garrett was like, I'm with you. You have never lost me. She loves that they can just be quirky together. Exactly. And that's what I think of when I think of Garrett. Just a quirky, quirky But what guy. does it mean if their hearts don't recognize each other? Because she still only says that about Blake. It's it, just the only kind thing that she has landed on about Blake at this point, so she just repeats it. Or she said it once yeah. and then just use it every time. Yeah, they might just loop it. I think what she means about Blake is he's the boy version of me, and yeah. I can't yeah. help but admire that. Because he's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and I, too, am universally beloved. But yes. Garrett is, like, her dad. And, like, if you, you know, you're a woman. You're either marrying yourself you're either or you're marrying yourself marrying your, dad. your dad. Obviously your dad, right? I guess so. Right. I mean, this podcast is getting reported yeah. to the authorities. 100% for a couple reasons. One, I'm going to get turned in for being like a peeping Tom- Thomasina. Sorry, that's a deep Frankenstein reference. Um, 
Oh, God. Oh, I'm disgusting wow. of myself. Um, so Garrett says when he talked to her mom, he felt like he was talking to her dad, too. They both get into some real spiritual stuff about yeah, her dad that's still what I'm watching saying. over like, them. It's the language, like, there is no language barrier. There's no, like, cultural barrier. I'm saying that they have, like, yeah. direct lines to each other. Like, if upbringing. a guy said to me when I was talking to your dad, I thought I was talking to your mom, too. I'd be like, what do you mean by that exactly? Yeah, I, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. That's a weird thing to say. They were actually quite different people. <laughs> Also, they're in slightly different locales currently. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and he just really goes to town on her accent. He can hear it asking if he's packed lunch for the kids. Oh, boy. He loves the way she says bag. He loves the quirkiness of her accent, like when she says bag. And I understand that some people find it very appealing for their partner to imagine them as a wonderful parent. I just want my partner to have a little more imagination than just that, like, are there other things that might be desirable for me to do in a relationship no. besides pack bagged lunches for children? But I've got one. Maybe saying like, Garrett, let's go see your family today. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That too. I bet he would like that. Yep. Oh, Let me pack the- my bag and we can go <laughs> see your family. <laughs> but the other thing is, I will say, because I kept having that same thought. I do think, though, that we have to expect that Becca has made this like a real point of priority that like I think immediately you're right. after she picks a partner she wants to have a family and there's nothing against that but it does kind of explain the the, the amount to it. which people bring that part of their lives together up it's not like her emphasis has been on I want to go travel the world I want to move to LA right like, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that was surprising and not surprising and not surprising at the same time <laughs> equal yes. parts um, anyway yeah. Uh, no, it's true that, that she clearly wants that. She's a little older than some past bachelorettes, although still quite young, um, younger than me, which is all that matters. How old is she? Uh, she's like 29. 28, 28. 29. Garrett's 29, 30. Yeah. Sinful. Yeah. So, so young. To be that young. But like sometimes <laughs> when people hit that age, they're like, I'm just ready to start a family. She yeah. is. It's good when your partner's on the same page. We didn't hear as much about that from Blake. And I actually do wonder if they cut that out or if he I wasn't quite as ready for that. That was my interpretation of this is cutting ahead, but after the final rose when um, Becca said the way we would have reacted to certain things happening, for some reason, like a conspiracy theorist, I read into that, that they were talking <laughs> about what would happen if they got pregnant. You know, they no. feel differently about how that moment would go down. That was, I was reading way too much into it. There's no way that's what she was referring to. But that made me start thinking about the fact that maybe they're on slightly different pages about that. She does. About she, their readiness. Like to start a Peter a Rachel situation where it's just yeah. like two people that I desperately want to be together that don't want to be together. Yeah. Like at all. In fact, actively hate each other. Um, yeah. I think that she does bring up the idea of like, what if we had something happen with a child what, or like oh, yeah. someone got sick? And I think that there was that sense that she didn't see him as a father in the same way that she saw Garrett for whatever reason. So fascinating. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with a whole lot more. We'll talk about Blake's date, the breakup, the proposal, and of course, after the final rose. And we will also touch on the news that has been going around about Leo and Becca Martinez. So, so now it's time for Blake Blake's has date. a date. Thank God. I go finally back to Blake. Yeah, where they are biking, so they do not have to touch each other, as we said before. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's I decided just, to be positive. 
this whole time I was just filled with a des- burning desire to like protect baby Blake I at know. all costs. I know. It was honestly hard for me to even pay attention to this date because I felt like he was so done. Um, I know. Even though he was trying to be really positive. Like, I have all these notes that are like, I think they swim because I just missed the part where they got in the I water. said, yeah, I'm I too riveted to out. take notes. I, <laughs> I don't think we, oh no, we saw them kissing in the sunset. Uh, all of my notes about this date are just Blake looks so uncertain. Blake knows it isn't him. Also, can we Poor talk baby about Blake. what humidity and salt water do to his hair? I like a fascinating it. hair development. Yeah, I like it's I a little curly, it too. A, little a late breaking texture change from Mr. Blake. <laughs> that was just interesting. I for me that would play into my decision. To he be he had honest. a perfect ringlet on his forehead at one point in their conversation. I was like, Becca, how do you not? I know those are naturally. He is just devastatingly cute. He's so cute, so cute, cute. That like statue nose, you know, that they carve but doesn't exist. Here it is. He has it. We found it. (laughs) He does. It's like the golden ratio of a man. Um. Yeah. It's I. I love his like scruffy, scruffy, rainy look. But then he did something bad that I hated. What? He made her a box. Oh, come on. I but as we as things. we heard from you Kayla, they probably they probably all made gifts. Yeah. Oh, Garrett just probably made a gift of some sort that got cut. <laughs> it was like yeah. a hand turkey <laughs> yeah. drawing. Yeah. <laughs> it was I just do. a bunch of scribbles. He traced his hand like you do at Thanksgiving when you're a little kid. No, and, and then, then like... there was like a mommy and a daddy <laughs> and a few little baby turkey hands. For being so mean. <laughs> Maybe he killed a fish. Yeah. yeah. He, brought her, he just presented it. Brought her raw. a deer over his shoulders. It was like food. <laughs> I found the one endangered deer of the Maldives. And I murdered him. Bringing it to you. Because you are safe. Um, I know. You know, I thought the time capsule, I thought it was cute. And also, I thought it was strategically very smart because the whole thing was that they peaked too soon. If he had one opportunity to remind her of what here's it was like and started. here's why you Remember what a me. good time we had. Yeah. Remember and of course, they don't, they don't have ago. access to any photographs. Yeah, they don't she said, have their I phones. haven't seen any of these photos yet. So that must actually be fun. And she didn't have access to his really piercing captions. Like, you know she what? made me feel like I was the only one in the room. You know, there were, I, why third person? That was interesting. Oh, it was from his journal. Oh, he clipped out a little bit. I think it must have been because I I just put that together now because it's all in the third person, which is a weird choice. Like it's going to hang in a museum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it was like really. It was like a shadow box. It was like you would hang on the wall of your home. But why (laughs) would you? When she was like, "Did you make the box?" and he was like, "I didn't make the box." All I was thinking was like her thought bubbles. Garrett would have made the box. (laughs) Yeah, Garrett would have just chopped down a tree and. Sanded it down with his bare exactly. hands. Well, if he hadn't kept being like, "Look what I made for you! I made this whole thing for you! I made all of it," and she was like, "But did you though?" And he was like, "No, no I did I, not. I bought, I bought the box." <laughs> no, ma'am. Now that you mention it, I absolutely did not make it. Um, so she talks about how great he is in every single way. He'd be the best father and husband. He's everything that I want. But then she says that she wanted clarity, and she got clarity. Dun dun dun. And then uh, he feels great. He's like, I think it went really well. I know. And that's how we know it's all going down. I know. That's really like that put the nail in the coffin. Also, when he said um, she did a long sigh and a smile after we kissed and I sensed that everything was okay. I was like, I wish all guys were as like intuitive and perceptive. Like what a like. I mean, if every guy this season had been yeah. analyzing her feelings in this way, it would have been even harder for her to pick, So I think. My husband wasn't watching this season, but and he was uh, out of town uh, 
He's out of town on a work trip. So he was watching in his hotel room and just texting me. And I got really upset because he was like, Blake is a little hysterical. And I was like, excuse me, sir. This man lived through a school shooting. He's a national treasure. He's deeply his touched mom, with his emotions. I mean, the, the things <laughs> he went through at his high school are like, I know. Level 11. I was like, I'm sorry that my husband can't appreciate a man who feels deep love for a woman. And he was like, whoa. (laughs) I'm never commenting on this show Ricky, my husband, had the complete opposite reaction. I will read you some quotes as we go on. Wow, this is a great husband, I can tell already. No, he's he's the perfect husband. No, 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 no. He, um, yeah, he was just like, he's a good guy. He's a reasonable guy. And I was like, he's a reasonable guy is the perfect conclusion. Because Ricky was like, he's reacting normally to these insane fucking circumstances. (laughs) You should actually be very anxious in this situation. I fell so hard in love with you because they put us in every imaginable romantic location. And I was asked every 10 minutes if I was falling in love with you, in love with you, loved you, whatever. I did all those things. And now the rug is being pulled out from under me. And all I have time to do is think and think and cry and think some more. Like, he just, anyway, reasonable is what I would call him. No offense, Greg, not hysterical. Offense. Take offense, Greg. (laughs) Greg needs to learn. Think about your choices and the things you text me. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, morning of the proposal, um, we learned that her sister calls her Booper. Did we know that? I love that. That was adorable. Her sister writes her letter. Her letter is very sweet. I just really want to befriend her sister. I love her sister. And her her volume, her hair is like gorgeous. Unbelievable. Absolutely Mostly what we talked about on our way. Her hair was (laughs) her hair. What products must she use? Like, is she Diva Curl? (laughs) I mean, they're very defined. They're unbelievable. They're beautiful, perfect curls. It's like an angel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some sort of blonde highlights that just like they're golden and gorgeous yeah emily will befriend you yes (laughs) um but anyway she sends back a letter telling her to pick a man who will challenge her mind listen to her soul uh that her dad would like (laughs) um etc and uh meanwhile the guys are going to pick out the rings with Neil Lane. With Neil Lane. Obviously. <laughs> we got some real Neil Lane time this well, year. Because they all are just really opening up to him in this moment. It was fascinating. Yeah. Garrett's up first. Garrett is His like, ring just has a lot of meaning. Yes. Because there's a past. Oh my God. There's a present. And there is also a future. Yeah. It's a three stone ring. And Neil's <laughs> like, this is, it's actually very meaningful because it re- represents the past, present, and future. And Garrett is like, I love that because Becca and I have past. <laughs> and then and Garrett also present. That, we Baton. also have a present. And then we we will have a future. And we have all of those things. And so I think that's really that's the ring. As that's I said it. to Ricky while we were watching, Garrett is exactly who these backstories behind jewelry is for. Yes. I mean, I have never gotten a piece of jewelry with an explanation. <laughs> I've never gotten a piece of jewelry with symbolism it's just is what it is and i'm a literal jeweler owner i guess but uh he's the guy who sees the commercials during football games that are like the open heart jewelry collection (laughs) the infinity jewelry collection every kiss begins with k your partner so get this two stone chocolate (laughs) see it's two stones because there are two (laughs) Two of of us Two of you. <laughs> he is the one man who he could certainly be talked into buying a hideous chocolate diamond. Yeah. 100%. It's as sweet as she is. Guys, off topic, but this morning our Uber was brown. Have you ever seen a brown car? Not in a while. I didn't no, believe not it. 
Yeah, but no. then it pulled up and it was, it was. a chocolate brown. <laughs> she was very seven. So interesting. So it was forecasting the diamond talk. Anyway, I um, actually liked Garrett's ring better than four. Me too. I love a three stone yeah, ring. It's beautiful. Actually. It was I mean, pretty. And did it have? Was it gold it was or gold. rose gold? Yeah, I liked the contrast. I mean, it was, it was really gold. Yeah. It was, it was really a beautiful pretty. ring. And Blake doesn't get in as much the meaning of the rings and I think picks a kind of hideous ring. Not for that. I wouldn't say it there's causation. No. I've seen a lot worse on this show than that, right? It did I not just, have the crazy... It was so big and like shaped like a square and just like covered in pave. What I yeah. want to know think, is do they pay for the rings or do, and Becca picks them out or do the guys give what they can afford? And no, then they pick the, show the show gives them the ring. ring. Really? Yeah. How have you been watching this show for so long and you don't Neil know Lane that? Neil Lane donates them, but then they don't actually own them for until they're off contract, which I is guess, two plus years. Yeah. So oh, they have to wow. give it back. So if, if they, they break, break up, up, they have to give it back. Yeah. Smart, smart, yeah. smart. Um, I, I guess I thought that like if they were not paying for them, they'd be giant. <laughs> that was well, my they, like. I mean, I think the are. rings are like oh, they're giant. 50, at least fifty thousand dollars rings. A lot of times, the the diamond in the middle is dwarfed by all the pave around yes. it. Which I think is a that's way just to Neil Lane's like that's just aesthetic. the style. That's just his aesthetic. I would think it would be like a J Lo sized engagement ring. I if also they were think paying. Neil, this is obviously a great marketing opportunity for Neil Lane. So he needs right. to show the like just aspirational enough ring, but not one that. Oh, that's a really. No good one point. Could I think that ever often the rings are insanely expensive and have a big center stone but like it's something that you could get a similar look and downgrade a oh, lot. Oh the be- the one that Garrett picked was like insane. I mean, right. Like giant. I couldn't get that ring. No like, like that's a giant ring but the Blake one felt you're right I think the Blake one felt yeah. aspirational because they want to be like you can you can't get the center stone that big but we can give you something with a ton of diamond chips all over it exactly. for like $10,000. Garrett did well. Or Becca did well telling them what ring she wanted Garrett to get her. <laughs> she wanted something that symbolized their past, their present, and their future. That was the thing that was most important to her, certainly. Um, <sighs> yeah. So, We're just putting off the inevitable, guys. God. I know. Okay. Blake's in a blue suit. I want to note that they switched up the arrival because she's on an island. They have to speedboat over. They kept cutting back and forth between their two speedboats. And the fact was that you didn't get the foot out of the limo moment. No, I no. did. The, you got the pant leg, and Blake was in blue. Garrett Onto was the in dock. black. Right, but, like, the impact for me was dulled because I was like, we're watching them both come over in speedboats. Here's another shot of Blake in the speedboat. Oh, this is the shot of him in a speedboat, I guess. I don't know. I was still recovering from the risky move of opening the ring box on a speeding boat. I was like, <laughs> Blake, what are you doing? I mean, don't it's Monopoly money. Ring. They'll just give him I another guess it's ring. true. Um, you'd be on the hook for that ring. Yeah. Oh, also, we um, skipped the part where we get a brief Blake shower scene. Oh, when he they're has getting whole, ready. Okay, yeah. he has a whole shower routine. I love seeing things like this because this is true, like, the way they are. Like, you can't shower in character. You just shower the way you shower. So, like, he did this thing where he swiveled around <laughs> so his head was the last thing to get wet, which I thought was fascinating. I was, huh, Alexis dying. <laughs> he did this thing where he, like, I'm doing it in the studio and it's beautiful but he basically got his shoulders and torso (laughs) wet and then he allowed his head to get wet which is so interesting gotta see more of this man I mean it felt like a a bachelor audition to me it was very reminiscent of all the shirtless Sean Lowe shots that we got of him showering during his season I'm like Mm -hmm. yes I could look at Blake shirtless for a whole season I could deal with it yeah I've I've put up with worse to watch this show to be honest (laughs) we all have (laughs) um and uh Chris uh, really teases this as 
it's raw, raw real, it's painful. real. Oh, I know. My, I it was like, is painful. someone gonna pass away? He's been, <laughs> I know. I was like, you can't. He's basically sounded like he was reusing the Becca getting dumped monologue. I was like, you can't yes. use the same monologue every oh, season. Also, we've seen that moment, which actually was raw and it felt very real and painful. None of this compares to. It's on a how different. Pl- it's just so different. Yeah. Basically, what we saw is. The runner-up who was most in love with the contestant, I think, that we've ever seen. The runner-up who had the least idea that this was coming. Maybe. Right? Or totally had an idea that this was coming but was hoping he was wrong. Yeah, or either way. Just like he had the most overtly emotional reaction. I mean, it was quite emotional, yeah. but I was like— I mean, I've we, never needed a This isn't unlike towel. anything we've ever seen before, to be honest. Like, I don't think—but that's his job, and— it does end up being quite emotional. I would have liked to see more pain. I just see, I have written, okay, we're going to get to that yeah. later, but I just have written, don't go to the beach, Blake. Yeah. <laughs> no. Don't do it. What is she doing? I'm going to die. God, he's sweating so much. Yeah, I just have in I just want to give him a towel. This is so fucking sad. Um, did we ever actually see the scene that they teased earlier of Becca having a panic attack yeah. in the woods? Not the Where she said, hey, I can't breathe and stuff. Did that yeah. happen? Mm-hmm. Did that I just was black out? Well, in the second half of their breakup, when he, she says, "Can I walk you out?" and they stop. Oh, in the, it was like, there. Forest. It was yeah, there. It was okay. There. Yes, that was. I was feeling so many things. We're getting Sorry. ahead of ourselves. Move along. Sorry. Move along. First, she greets him on the dais, looking like the archangel of death, and he starts to give his proposal speech. He, I can't. I can't bring myself to read it. It's a beautiful um, speech. It's beautiful. And he says, when all this is gone, it's just going to be you and me, babe. And that's just how I want it. You're my person. Will you let me spend the rest of my life making you smile? Also, I want to say that the the qualities he named about her, none of them were about her looks. Yeah. He said she was compassionate, sincere, funny, intelligent, goofy, genuine. I mean, it was... I know. Baby Blake. I know, baby Blake. (laughs) And she says, wait, give me a moment. Breathe. I was like, is she going to walk away again? His face just dropped. He looked like he was going to vomit And so did the bead of sweat I was following down his forehead. <laughs> so sweaty. They can't he wear sunglasses. liquid in every direction. I, literally. Oh there's nothing wrong with it. I was like, should it. we put him in rice overnight? <laughs> Can we salvage this Blake? <laughs> no. He got waterlogged. I dropped him in the toilet and he's never going to be dry. Um, I sweat so much that sometimes I'm worried I will ruin my iPhone by sweating on it. <laughs> story um okay so she says blake you made me hopeful again you made me excited in this journey you gave me something to look forward to he you've been the most solid constant the one i could turn to etc etc but because we were so constant i was overlooking other relationships we were so solid i wasn't seeing everything from like the other men there's one piece with someone else i'm not ready to say goodbye to yet I pictured this moment with you standing here the whole time for so long i think we could be right for each other but there's a better fit for us what Ah, there was so much going on in this breakup speech. Because basically what she was trying to say was, thank you for, like, making me feel like this process could work. Off you go. Yeah. Yeah. Now you You, have served your purpose. You beautifully teed me up to fall madly in love with Garrett. And I'm grateful. (laughs) I paused halfway through. I wanted to say he's, like, her good luck Chuck. Yeah. Like, literally, she's like, thank you so much. For helping me be able to fall in love with another man who is better. Yeah. I mean, oh, boy. And he just starts wiping his face with off his with jacket. his suit jacket. 
He just looks I would have stricken. just <laughs> grabbed the bottom of her dress and been like, you owe me yeah. this. That was $18,000 worth of hand-stitched Stop beading. Stop it. I can't. I mean... I mean, it was a beautiful oh dress. God. So, he, yeah, he says, I didn't expect this. I don't know what to say. I think you're making a mistake. He says, I don't know how I could have been so wrong. And she says, you weren't wrong. I was right there with you. Don't doubt yourself. He's like, no, I was wrong. I was yeah. wrong. We He's are like, not together. She says, you weren't wrong. And he says, I was, though. Like, with yes. a little, like, sarcasm to his voice. I'm like, come that. on. Amazing. I loved that. Um, I love that moment where you're like, not mad at the person you love them but also you're a little mad yeah of course he was mad also because and there's been a lot of debate i was listening to ben and ashley i talk about this like the the ethics of allowing someone to go through with the proposal you know it's like sometimes it gives them their moment to shine and it's actually their best moment to put themselves forward whether I mean they're definitely not thinking about this in the moment but like it is the best way for the audience to feel sympathy for them and want to watch them find love next season potentially so it is like allowing them to do that I I I heart I disagreed with it like I heard Ben making that case on uh Juliet's podcast this morning and I like totally disagree because the problem with the runner-up that makes them often not a great choice is because they seem too heartbroken. Like, yeah. it doesn't seem realistic to us that they're ready to fall in love again. And so I think by giving them that opportunity to deepen their appearance of heartbreak, it actually, I think, sets them back. And then they, they often end up going with, like, the third-place person who's or a little Peter, less— Peter, please. Or Peter. Please, Peter. God, Peter. And talk about, you know, a heart-wrenching moment that wasn't an ending that did not happen within the confines of the traditional, you know, proposal setting. Totally. Although Rachel was saying also in an interview that her— um, not being able to send Peter home in that moment, her deciding to spare him that moment ended up meaning that the drama of the breakup had to be put into the night before, which mm-hmm. took away from her love story with. I think Ryan? Rachel got his name? Brian. <laughs> Rachel got a raw deal in a lot yeah. of ways. I mean, we'll yeah. talk about the after the final rose. I mean, we talk format. about whether Garrett got a thin edit. I think it's really common for the person they pick to get a thin edit, but Lauren Michelle never, did too. never more so than, uh, than with Brian. Rachel and Brian. Did she get a? Or is she just? Wow. (laughs) Well, hard to say. Hard to say. No, I mean, we felt like we didn't know Brian at all by the end. uh, And And that came back on Rachel, which was very unfair. And I think, you know, even last night, she I I called out the format because they paused after this that breakup was so to talk jarring. to Blake. To see Blake's yeah. face in real time immediately, I, I hate was it. like... I hate it. Awful. And, and that's what they did with Rachel, except she did point out to me, she, I stand corrected, that not only did they do that, but they forced her to watch the entire finale in front of a live audience. Yeah. Oh, and they wow. would cut back to her and have her comment, like, frequently. It was a very, very weird... Like, justify this decision. That's yeah. right. I yeah. forgot about that. I really felt for like I think part of the frustration with uh, Becca choosing Garrett is his Instagram history, but also I felt like there was an element of like Blake loves you so much. I know he loves you so much, and I feel like with Peter, people were like, he loves you enough. Like yeah. self, like you don't need it. to get Take engaged. It. Look at this man. Take what he's willing to give you. He has an adorable gap tooth, and like that yeah. was really unfair. Like totally Rachel was unfair. like, I picked the man who like. Worship the ground I walked on. Yeah. And, and who I love back and yeah. who wants the things that I want. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Rachel did not. She did not. Was not, was not done right have been, by have the been show. Rough. Um, oh, God, yeah, Blake. So, so Blake uh, leaves wiping his face first with his jacket, then a towel. He's 
sobbing, sobbing really hard. Becca is bending over at the waist, crying, saying, I can't breathe. Um, and, and then Blake has his heartbreaking, heartbreaking moment where he says, I have to do all of this alone afterwards. I have to go through all of this alone. I fucking knew it. Oh, God. And I that started broke crying. my heart. And it felt so relatable. It yeah, and it was true. So, yeah. It was true. It was true. And we've heard, you know, from other contestants, this process, once it ends, it's extremely abrupt. You've been in this world where you're talking to all these people every day. Suddenly they're not around. You're not at liberty to really talk about it with anyone. Um, you know, I'm sure he told his closest friends and family. But that support network is sort of ripped is away. so or, abrupt. I think often if yeah, you're yeah. in a really intense relationship and you break up, you might have a postmortem over coffee. You might right, text you get now that and then. closure. Yeah. There's nothing like that on The Bachelor. No, you get your after the final rose moment and that's it. Yeah, yeah, because if you DM each other, it ends up, like, being published or whatever. And it's just not allowed. It's totally against the rules. And also, but... like, how often do you break up with someone and they're immediately engaged to someone else? Then it's, like, it's the element of you have to respect like their new relationship. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's it's obviously this show is is weird. But and then he says he's thinking about how happy she'll be when Garrett proposes that, to, to her. to me, I was like, oh. the, you are so you have so much empathy that it has to hurt to be alive to be you. Because to have a thought like that. Like, she's going to be so excited. He's going to be so excited. Like, to put yourself, that's so painful. And yet, I think it probably, like, when he was asked later, where did, when did it hurt the most? And he said, in the moment. I was like, right, because you have a really healthy way of processing your feelings. You processed it while it was happening. Yes. And yeah. he was fully going through all stages of grief right before our eyes. And that is what elicited the first out loud comment about Blake from Ricky, which was, this guy's great. He's just level-headed. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, I love that he sees sees Blake in a, a more beautiful light than a lot of people. Um, yeah, I think it is really healthy in, in a way that he grieves really intensely rather than maybe lingering, drawing it yeah. out, telling yourself maybe she'll change her mind. Yeah. I don't know anyone who would do that after a breakup, but um, I certainly did used to do it a lot. And uh, – you can't really process it unless you really think about, like, they're really happy with yeah. someone else. They've made their decision. He did that, like, immediately. It's very impressive. Yeah. Um, so we cut right back to him in the studio. Oof. And he is clearly still pretty shaken. He doesn't seem like he's totally moved on. Um, and he tries to be, you know, I hope she's found happiness, et cetera. And... Um, yeah, he like pretty much at this point just plat you know standard bachelor loser platitudes. Yeah, um, and Becca Becca comes out. I loved his line. I was hoping you'd come out in a hoodie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's wearing an off the shoulder. <laughs> that was amazing. Cool. She does have a really wonderful way of. She has the ability to still be warm with the people that she has broken up with, and I do yeah. appreciate that yeah. about her. She clearly has a lot of respect and affection for everyone who maybe yeah. too much for everyone who's been on her yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. One thing I often find really jarring in the finale is the lead being super cold to the person they dumped. Super right. Weird. Which and often has to do with um, the person they picked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The insecurities of and trying to protect that relationship. Yeah. But it was nice to see that it didn't play out that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they have a pretty, pretty uh, 
friendly conversation. She asks, he asks if there's a moment when she knew it wouldn't be him, and she says, "No, no," which I don't believe. And then he asks if there. I mean, there has to be a point when she knew. You know, like there are definitely. Well, she did was. say something. I have something in my notes about it about like when he was in his own head. Right. Much. So then she's he asks whether there was something about their future that worried her, and she says, "No." But also, yes, sometimes you really <laughs> got in your head and it made me worry about how we'd handle things if someone got sick or there was an issue oh, with that's a child. Right, that's right. It made her question the longevity of their relationship. Um, I thought that that was, I mean. It's really interesting. I mean, it'll be his greatest strength going into a different relationship. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you might want certain things from your partner. But I think, I mean, she made it sound a little bit like she didn't know if he'd be able to deal with it. And I was like, Blake's been through some been shit. Been through a yeah. lot. So, like, like I, much I thought... more than Garrett. So, like, the the fact that you think that Blake can't handle it is questionable to me. But maybe she just would prefer to have Garrett around in those moments. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah. I think it came off on. as, you know, I, I saw some people were upset feeling like it might have implied that you know, his anxiety, any mental health issues he might have had would be, you know, a burden to Has her. Has he talked and about that? Does he have? He just seems like an no. anxious person. I think people read, read into it that way. I mean, as someone who has an anxiety Me disorder, too. I fully understand. And I yeah. think a lot of us struggle with, um, you know, anxiety. And it would be completely reasonable, given also he's been through, like, actual trauma. Yes. Um, but, you know, I think she probably meant it in a more benign way than it may have yeah. Come off. And I understand now why she was so hesitant to give reasons because as soon as she gave a reason, I was like, oh, not that reason. That's not a reason that I, I want to hear. And often these things come down to just you just feel better with the other person. You just like another person more. You yeah. just something just doesn't feel. But it really felt like this time they were talking around something that like if the cameras were off, she'd just be able to answer in one sentence. That's and that's what bothered me. The I just kept was getting that. It was something. I mean, literally something. I did wonder. <laughs> I'm, I'm not like there was something that was really a simple explanation and she was convoluting it to fill the space and time and air. But I had this sense that there was a really simple explanation for why her feelings changed and why she couldn't get them back. Yeah. I just want to know what it is. I don't well, know. We'll never know. We'll no, never we know. won't. Unless, in, you know, in five years, they're both off contract and they decide to Spill dish. the beans. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, they end very nicely. He says he felt, feels very lucky that she was the bachelorette. That's that, so sweet. That was really sweet. Yeah. And um, Chris asks her about the, you know, the things being too good with him question. And she says, yeah, I felt they were like ex- we were extremely similar. It was uncanny. I was worried that our relationship would be like ripped away, and I was very protective of it. None of that really explains to me what That's she what means saying. by too good for him. But then, uh, yeah, Blake points out they would finish the other sentences. I mean, maybe she doesn't want someone who's so similar to her. Which, is but it was fine. confusing. She never quite answered those questions. But um, Blake uh, says uh, Chris asks what Blake needs to move on, and Blake says. It's not really anything Becca needs to say to do that, but like loved that answer. Says I've learned and grown from a lot of my life, and I won't be scared of falling in love again. On The Bachelor, yes. <laughs> yes. By the way, <laughs> of all the latter season guys, he's my clear, clear pick. I think he would be great. I think Jason could do it also. I think he's more bachelory than Jason. 
I I lean towards Blake as well. I tend to feel like Jason is a, a Paradise style dude, although we know he's he not on is not on Paradise, and he's, he's trying very, very hard. hard to which be, is I think putting that's probably me off what it of is. Jason, and that's the I know. Pr- is I was very on board with Jason as Bachelor watching the show, and then all of his post show he just has a lot of lines that make it clear he's, he's like, become like a Godfather slash politician. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fascinating, but uh, yeah, Blake is. I think Blake could do it. I think it'd be a really interesting season. I think Jason would just be a better Chris Harrison at this point. I think I think we all just oh. want to be around Jason's family. Let's be real. Yeah. I want to hang out with Jason's whole family yeah. for sure. I, I sort of like him. Tarting it up more with than... the Tardix. Yes. I Ew. mean, his brother does live in New York, so. <laughs> Tarting it up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was just trying really quickly to think of a. It was good. Okay. All right, now. Uh, TikTok with the tart- Tardix. Okay. Um, back to the proposal. Um yep. It happens. Garrett's the one for her. She can't wait to have a minivan together and get sick together. And uh, Garrett, meanwhile, (laughs) is saying, I pray not only to God and my family and friends, as you do. I pray to my friends a lot. But also Becca's dad. That's breaking a commandment right there. (laughs) Even in the Catholic faith, you're really only supposed to pray to the saints. I mean, just the (laughs) And so she uh, he comes uh, arrives on the dais. He starts saying uh, his proposal speech, which is Becca from honking up the driveway in a minivan with orange slices to fly fishing in the backyard. Also, that happened on the first night (laughs) from hour one to (sighs) hour seven speech. It's not fair to compare speech to speech, but man. Yeah. It is a brutal yeah. contrast. The second word in his speech was honking. honking which <laughs> just took me out of it instantly because I was like, honking? Yeah. Did he honk up the driveway? I thought that was a sound effect they put in post. Apparently he did honk up it. That's honk, super honk annoying. Um, he uh, talks about building a dream house out of sand. He wants to wake <laughs> up with her every day. It's like a fairy tale. Like, <laughs> Becca, don't pick the guy that's going to build you a house out of sand. <laughs> It's not I actually that, very sturdy. I'm going to build our dream house out yeah. of sand. Blake would use bricks, Becca, not sand. <laughs> build your love on a, a foundation of stone. Yeah, exactly. Um, Peter, and on this rock I will oh build my, my, my Peter. Bachelor. Don't even say the name okay. Peter. I'm triggered in so, a yeah. way. The Bachelor canon is colliding with the biblical the canon is very, in a very weird way right now. Okay, so... Becca then interrupts and says, before you go on, I have something I need to say. Garrett thinks he's getting dumped. Of course. She talks about writing in her journal about him, how he was her dream of home. He reminded her of her dad. The strongest emotion is love. And I've been waiting for the right person because I want to be a thousand percent certain. Garrett, you're going, I love you so much. And then they mash their faces together. Like, they're so excited. It's you. It's us. And then, yeah, he proposes. Yay. Oh, right. He proposes. Yeah. they. Uh, she seems insanely happy. Like, okay, can so we talk happy. about the level of happiness? She, I've never seen anyone I so happy. I have never, ever in my life they seen anyone this happy. Yeah. But it seemed to have lasted for months because when <laughs> yeah. they walked out into the live show, she was that happy. And I've never seen it before in my I'm entire happy life. She, I'm happy she's happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I to wish for someone to be unhappy just no, no, because no. they I'm find out their future husband thinks it's funny oh, God. Uh, to call feminists fat? I listen. Who it truly us? made me feel like I've never been happy before. I know. <laughs> well, I was thinking back to experience real happiness. We need to I get some not. lessons. Thinking back to like my proposal, I would say my level of happiness was like 
yeah, great. Let's definitely do that. Do you want to call your mom? <laughs> Wait, well, were you making a dinner do-over. reservation or were you planning to spend your lives together? Exactly. Yeah. Well, it was more like making a dinner reservation that we'd already sort of talked about yeah, making I mean, like kinda... six months before. And he was down to the last day before the deadline. And I was like, let's just do it. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of similar to mine <laughs> great, as well. Great, great. On board. On board. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, I'm also not someone who emotes happiness a lot. Um, she was so like, I'm, yeah. Like, I was like, there was a lot. Of screaming, yeah, and like hand clapping, and they like. are both like that. So I see that similarity. They both like to emote in that only in a wide positive way. Grin, like like fist physical to the sky. movements. Yeah. Like I don't. They're like, talking move about as tomatoes much in a year as they did in that one conversation. <laughs> that was my full workout right there. They <laughs> dance like, a little bit. I guess they're both so like strong and sinewy that like moving like that takes no energy I, I for me that would be at her shoulder oh my god i know they are, she's michelle I've obama start arms. doing those like that string yoga or whatever it's called <laughs> Come full circle. It's aerial yoga and it's done with ribbons um so then Sorry. we see them head out onto the the studio stage together well not before they're like this is my fiance this is, this my, is my fiance, fiance. God, people who say they're gonna fiance have kids a lot drive me crazy. and they're gonna plant tomato fields yeah i i wrote he says it it feels so good to finally find that person i've been searching for my entire life and i wrote nice to check that off the list he doesn't even sound that excited i'm so rude Uh, okay so they head out on stage they're smiling ear to ear um her family is smiling crying they're clapping, but I felt like they don't look that excited. You might have been projecting onto them. Definitely. I think you might have been too. I think 100%. everyone involved is really happy. This podcast is all about me projecting, and that's well, what, why else have a podcast? I honestly? mean, yeah. other just watch the show if you want to see what actually happened. I mean, good God, what a like reality bending <laughs> idea! Just, you don't need to listen to people talk about it. No, definitely keep listening to us talk about Obviously. it. Obviously, um, so. They Chris asked what it was like to watch the proposal. They loved it. Garrett has her also, lip gloss all over his face. Did you see face. that Garrett had the the stubble glow up? Oh, you know, he was looking good. Yeah. What he, are you talking about? He had, you know, some healthy stubble that was very carefully scrambled. Like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Which he did not have on the show. Oh, he clearly that was his like physical upgrade. Oh, I was looking. It looks like his teeth might have been a little whiter. <gasps> oh, probably. I, you know, mm, I look for these yeah. things very carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they both looked good. I loved Becca's uh, hair. And that off-the-shoulder mm-hmm. dress. And that off-the-shoulder dress. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she had flat hair a lot during the season. I like that it had a well, little more curl to it. Well, how do you not? It. Like, it, it's hard in the weather and stuff like that. But she's getting, she's she was getting hair. styled with flat hair a lot. Like, there was a lot of, like, flat ironing and stuff. And I was like, why would you do that to her beautiful hair? Anyway, so... Um, they talk about the ring. They talk about the ring. Neil Rain does a good ring. No, he does not. I just want to make that very clear. Um... And I love this moment. Chris says, Garrett, you did a great job with, and he pauses. I know. I think he was, he thought he was still on the ring. And he was, he realized halfway through the sentence that he needed to ask what a different that? question. Right. But it seemed, because Garrett, Garrett and Becca both looked terrified. So they were like, I. oh God, it's coming. I think, and he did a quick cut to everyone in their living rooms. We all had the same look <laughs> on our face. What? What is Chris about to say? I had no idea. I also thought, wait, is Chris having a stroke? I think he just <laughs> forgot what he was saying. Yeah, I think he fully forgot what he was saying. And instead got he Nick says, again. you did yes. a great job with the romantic proposal. Um, I was like, not up the not, driveway. Not what you were gonna say, Chris. No, and I fully have no, not. You did a great job with 
having sex. I mean, I had no <laughs> idea what he was going to say to her. Um, and uh, Chris asked Becca when she knew it was Garrett, and she says, his hometown. Get Blake back out here. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear Give his him take those on answers. this. Yes. Apparently, she was having a breakfast quesadilla in the airport. After the hometown, she ran into his sister and nieces. Hold up, hold up, hold up. What's a breakfast quesadilla versus a breakfast burrito? Is it possible she got it's her just, Mexican cuisines mixed up? It's entirely or possible. Or is it just flat? But it could be. Like just cheese and egg. Like a it feels fried, like that wouldn't stay yeah. put in the it way that it like would It could be like a fried to. wrap. That like, like, a, like an omelet but with a tortilla? Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Can we can we accept this? <laughs> I rest. I rest. There's like, no way I'll to investigate. Know. We should ask his sister and nieces. Uh, yeah, what his they, nieces what will they be the saw. most reliable <laughs> sources on this. Um, and she just cried into her. There's a lot. If you Google bref- breakfast quesadillas, there's a lot of all right. A lot of I have a, a whole new thing to get excited yeah. about this is a food in life. Podcast now. <laughs> um, and Chris asked Garrett when he knew, and he said. Uh, seeing her with his family and also when they worked as a team on the raft to overcome the challenge of there being being Thai people people. there. (laughs) Which was really beautiful. And then uh, Uh. finally, uh, so Chris asks Emily, her sister, uh, sort of to give her cosign, her endorsement to the relationship. I felt that that was so calculated. A nod to people like us who identify with Emily and are not into Garrett. And it was sort of a move of, well, Emily, Emily says he's great. Yeah. So you better stop being an asshole and forgive him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then uh, they talk about Becca's dad again. Garrett's like, well, she talks so highly of her dad, so I thought it was important to keep talking about how much I'm like him. And I was like, very honest answer. <laughs> He's like saying the quiet part out loud. There's a lot, yeah, of, that, there's a lot of that going on these I don't days. I he and, knows the difference. No. I mean, it was really... Um, it's poetry. I, at this point, I'm not even listening to what they're saying because I'm just waiting for... Yeah. And I Are like, they going to bring up the Instagram? I was interested yeah. to see they, they, it brought up, they used footage from the Happy Couple Weekend this time. The first time we saw that, I think, was With when they Ari used it to tee up Ari dumping Becca. I guess they were just like, let's keep doing it. I, well, they, I guess no, I cute. think they deployed it pretty strategically yeah. in yeah. this case. No, for sure. But, like, it was a new tool in their arsenal. Absolutely. At first season. I thought that they might be— they might have filmed the conversation where Becca confronted Garrett about the Instagram likes, Hoped. and that would have been amazing. Yeah, but, but based on your did, interview last week, I was like, they're that's not, not going to Yeah, it didn't seem promising. No. Um, so then Chris asks... Uh, In a if, couple different... He takes a couple different if, stabs at this, but he's like, yeah. what was the hardest thing? Did you have, like, a day that sucked more than other <laughs> days? Was there a hard was time there some kind of happy a, like, time? Yeah. Were you revealed of his personality in a way that was news to you ever? Like, <laughs> Would you say there was ever a point when everyone in Bachelor Nation decided they hated Garrett, for example? What about social media? Do you guys, like, you kids, like, looking at each other's profs? What's going on? And I will say, you know, I was I was a little nervous that they were going to skip over it completely. Me too. So I am glad that it was, they did the, the bare Garrett minimum. It was at brought least up. brought up. Yeah, and Garrett kind of clearly came prepared. Yes. He launched Except into, I mean, not... I wouldn't argue well. I think no. that but. he memorized the statement he put out on Instagram. Like, And yes. he's using it yes. also on morning shows. Like, He's using the same thing, which is, I didn't realize the weight that a double tap on Instagram could have, and now I've learned, and I have apologized. I'm sorry for any hurt I caused. Permission to keep the thing, learning. The part he did add was that 
he was liking things that went against what Becca stands for. Yes. Which okay, was interesting. So this is the biggest problem I had is that he he either deliberately skipped or missed the opportunity to tell us what today his thoughts and beliefs are about right. this entire, yes. all well, of these areas. And I was going to say, I think what's missing here is that The Bachelorette and Bachelor like to exist in this world where it is just about this relationship. They don't want to touch on anything in the outside world. So everything that was bad about the Instagram likes was because it had a negative, could have had a negative effect on their relationship. And he's sorry other people were upset because that impacted Becca. But there was no recognition of, oh, the ideology that I was passively endorsing has a really negative effect on a lot of other people that are are not me and Becca. Faces Mm -hmm. in each of those photos. There's like a person attached to that. I wonder how this felt for them. Like what Becca and I went through has nothing compared with what those people must have gone through from being put into a meme and traded around the internet. And also when you are talking about you know, normalizing these really, really hurtful memes. You're talking about normalizing a culture in which, you know, trans women of color are murdered at extremely high rates, a culture in which children, immigrant children are held in cages. Yeah. And and there was no connection to the fact that these things he at that time found to be harmless and his that his ignorance created, you know, fed into a culture that makes all of these very real, very negative things happen. Yeah. And also just the the mere fact, I mean, it's pretty revelatory, right, that you live a life where double tapping on those things is like nothing because you don't relate to any part of those memes except for the part that's the punchline. Like there's no, you don't know anyone that looks like the trans boy. You don't know anyone who looks like the woman in the feminist t-shirt. You don't know. I mean, the fact that he had no touchstone with any of these images and was just able to double tap them because the joke at the bottom of the meme is what was funny to him is so revelatory. But what I was expecting him to say was my world has expanded in the last, I mean, you guys watched it expand. Like Mm -hmm. I've never had friends of color or whatever. I expected him to like break the fourth wall a little bit and just say, I, there are so many things I wasn't exposed to before the show and I've grown a lot or these are no longer the positions I would take. Right. I and don't, I, I've, I've taken the time to learn and talk to a lot of people, including yeah. Becca and her family, who have really opened me up to things and people that I you know, was ignorant of before. There are a lot of ways he could have still really glossed over it, but addressed the substance yeah. of why those double taps were so upsetting to people. And it wasn't just a bunch of hurt feelings. Right. I mean, he he keeps going back to this point of like, oh, I didn't know the way to double tap on Instagram could have. And it's like, Garrett, that is not You're the takeaway here. No. That is not the lesson. The lesson is not likes on Instagram matter. The lesson is these are, are these positions that are hurt that hurt people that cause actual harm and and whether you're expressing that in an Instagram like or some other way is irrelevant. Well, no, and also the fundamental question that we all have as viewers of the show and that like Becca's fen- friends probably want to know is do you do you still, feel, do you still you? feel that way? Yeah, like are these things that you are just upset that we found out you liked right. or are and these think, things yes. and you can't tell us like he, he's done a lot of oh, that doesn't re- reflect who I really am and Becca knows who I really am and we've talked about it and show me who and it's tell like, me who it are definitely you? did reflect who you really were then uh, like, that's, that's the reality so what have you Reckon done with it. what have you done in that time how and, have you changed and it's not that I'm saying people don't have the ability to change or people don't have the ability to combat their own ignorance I would like to think that 
yes, these things are important. And, and honestly, people who love you are probably the best people to deliver that kind of reckoning. But you have a platform. It's not just about you and Becca. It's about the millions of people who are now invested in you, who you can now make money off of, honestly. So you need to also use that platform responsibly and you need to as Claire said, reckon yeah. with this. I was bummed about it because, honestly, mm. I saw this as kind of an opportunity. I mean, not to, like, see him as an opportunity or as an arc, but truly, like, we knew where he began. We knew what his social media activity was prior to even coming on the show. So we had the start point, and we were potentially looking at this end point where he'd gone through some growth and had some hard conversations and met a lot of different people and had, like, educated himself on these issues. And I was like, what an amazing journey this would be if he was able to say, I can't recognize the guy who just so mindlessly liked those things before, and I'm ashamed and I'm really sorry for all the people that I hurt, but I'm learning more every day. I'm trying to broaden my worldview and— he dances around yeah. that a little bit. At one, no, at I don't least think he even came close. Genetic. It's all about it's Becca. All, it's, it's all genetic. about it at hurt my point, family. And at one point, he did say, "I believe that he doesn't stand behind those likes," but that's about as close as he got to it. That yeah. is like, yeah. And he says, and it like, was, "I'm I'm educating myself," but but how how. I want to know what about that education using Instagram looks like. Me more too. carefully. I mean, yeah, about how to hide my bigotry. Uh, well, the problem with it is exactly this point, which is that we still don't know our how, where he stands on these issues. So I, I felt like it was it sort of made bringing it up a moot point. It didn't solve or reveal really, anything at all. I think that's a really good point. And it was just a, I thought it was yeah. like a missed opportunity because Huge. I wanted to get behind him in a big way, and really all I needed to hear was like a mea culpa that felt honest and that felt inclusive of the people he offended, not in a, I'm sorry to the people I offended, but like in a more specific, mindful way. That's all I wanted. I didn't want yeah. him to be able to like rattle off like statistics about trans people or no, Im- no, no. the immigrant I, community I agree. or whatever. I think there were a lot I of mean, ways that, that, he, that he pretty no, easily, not. and that was not going to happen on this show. But yeah, as we said, there are ways he could have pretty easily made his apology just a bit more substantive. Yeah. Uh, and it was disappointing to me, honestly, that that Becca really glazed over it yes. as well. And she said, can you guys just be happy for us? Can you just, yeah. like, we want to root for the love stories. Like, the you know, we the likelihood of a black children ending up with her pick is higher. And so, like, the likelihood that they'll get married statistically is higher. Like, I want to be rooting for Becca and yeah. for their love. And this was all I needed. Like, I prescribed this for our <laughs> fan base. This is all I wanted. And we didn't get it. And so it's yeah. just harder. And I, and resent- I think it's also, Sorry. I mean, it's important to note, too, that, like, Becca may have had really tough conversations with him. 100%. She may have she and her family may have come to a place where they say we see Garrett and how he's changed in his heart, we forgive him. That's their prerogative. It's also every single viewer's prerogative not to forgive him. And like no one owes forgiveness and I think that that's a conversation that's being had more and more is the question of, you know, people who do bad things in many arenas popping up and saying, well, I've suffered and I'm sorry, so you have to forgive me now. Yeah, you, have, exactly. you have to give me another chance. We don't. We don't. Like, maybe it's the right thing to do in to certain places. Yeah, and you, and you can. You can make that choice. We to can. Give an, yeah. or, but no one is, no one is no entitled one is to that. obligated to. And I, I sort of resent that the format of the show and this, you know, half-assed apology puts the audience then in the position to either choose to ignore these things and be like, okay, they're just not going to reckon with it, but I want to feel good in this moment. I want to give Garrett another chance. So great. Let's just move along or be the asshole who is, you know, shitting all over uh, and a blissfully happy, engaged couple. Yeah. And 
And I resent being put in that position. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because it makes it really hard to say I'm rooting for Becca. I want her. I'm so happy. She's so happy. Like as like I said before, I don't think I've ever seen anyone so happy. I didn't know this was a level of happiness one could attain. <laughs> and so I'm thrilled for them. But I, I want to be happier for them than I feel because I just... Had, I don't know. I, I felt I feel like a contestant that was sent home. I had questions that I needed answers to, and they weren't answered. And Absolutely. these are questions that, like, oftentimes when the contestants have questions they want answered, it's like, so why didn't you love me? And it's like, yeah. you're never going to get an answer to that. always bored by those questions. They could have answered our questions. I know. <laughs> these were answerable questions. It's like once the politics has intruded into this world, you can't talk about it without talking about it. You have to talk about it. You have to talk about what he actually endorsed that was, and why it was wrong. And you have to deal with that. You can't just be like, people were offended. Let's move on. It's the ultimate privilege to be able to just like sort of get. I apologize. Move along. Duck this, under is no, right, yeah. this is no longer relevant Can you give us me. some time? Like we're trying. It's like, oh boy. Yeah. Lots of people don't have the luxury no. of that time. And like and he's ignorance. had a lot of time. This story broke two months ago. He's had yeah, time the story to broke on the f- learn some more interesting first night. things to say other than... I could basically build a curriculum for him. <laughs> should I? Should I put there, together a series yes. of documentaries and museum visits and he books? He should start yeah. by watching Get Out. Uh, <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. I'm a, I think that's a more advanced stage because yeah, it requires probably some, all just really, like, some nuance and background. <laughs> Why isn't he in jail, dude? And uh, and they end by being uh, awarded by ABC a trip to Thailand. And we and find out that they're moving, they're to, moving to L.A. LA. Of course. <laughs> so weird. What's in L.A.? <laughs> corgis. Just corgis. Okay, uh, I will say I'm very on board for that. I, I love corgis. Uh, and then they, uh, Chris gives them a, an old minivan. That minivan brought me Vintage back. minivan. Yes. The, that aesthetic. Yeah. I was like I Ratatouille style. I a lot of minivans like me that. Me too. Um, and some sneaky bachelor interns put a Hillary Clinton marriage equality sticker on the No, bumper. it was a, I thought it was the human rights campaign. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the human oh, rights. Yeah, yeah. HRC. It was the HRC. Yeah. yeah, it was HRC. <laughs> Not that HRC, different, yeah. No, but the, the, well, the human, or is yeah. it subliminally the other HRC? Perhaps. Yeah, so, yeah it's the human rights campaign uh, bumper sticker. Yeah, cool. Which is in, yeah, LGBTQ advocacy I mean that makes it's it's less outdated yeah um yeah whoever in production did that well done you I love that (laughs) yeah perfect and with that guys we never have to think about Garrett again right oh boy I'm done I'm done peace (laughs) well how do we think about Becca without thinking about Garrett maybe we just won't think of either of them and I'll move right along to Jordan on Paradise yeah. Okay. Well, I'm really excited about Paradise, and I'm excited about Castaways. What has this ad campaign just been working really well on me? Because I don't I, understand what it is. It's more. You're like not Survivor. supposed to. I don't think it'll be <laughs> it's helpful like a to Survivor get us to watch. Style thing. It's like Lost meets uh, Survivor. It's the more dramatic version of what happens in Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we go, we need to talk about Leo. It's going to be relevant to Paradise. It'll be relevant to Paradise. Um, Leo from Becca's season has been accused by Becca Martinez via DMs that were sent to her um, of having a history of sexual harassment, including sending unsolicited dick pics and being a general creep uh, towards women. Yeah. uh, It seems like these uh, rumors have been sort of rumbling around Reddit and other corners of the Internet. I didn't see them. I don't check The Bachelor Reddit. Someone Um, had responded to a tweet. Raven had tweeted by saying, you know, my friend had dated him and if— 
he sent unsolicited dick pics. Right. He's gross. Um, and eventually Becca started, I think, getting a lot of DMs about specific incidents. She started posting some of them on her Instagram story. Leo, I think, responded uh, threatening to sue. Um, and uh, it devolved into a back and forth. He posted uh, Instagram messages accusing her of sexual assault against, like, a dog. It seemed to be sort of meninist. Sort of a retaliatory thing. Uh, and and Becca posted some, I think, really thoughtful commentary about, you know, if you if your first reaction is that she's stirring up drama by reporting on this, if you're, you know, perhaps it is appropriate to question that reaction and think about, um, you know, why men in this society are able to kind of sweep this kind of behavior if, if it did, in yeah. fact, happen under the rug. And, um, and reached- it seems... Yeah, it seems that there were many women who were reporting this. Yeah, and we we did reach out to Becca um, and, and, and to Leo, Leo for comment, um, and we didn't hear back uh, from Leo, I don't think. No, we did not hear back from Leo. We've given him 24 hours. So he, I will read a statement that he had sent to media outlets. There have been some recent stories about me that have garnered attention, and I want to address them. I want to start by saying no one has ever directly accused me of sexual harassment. No one has ever come to me in any way and told me I made them feel uncomfortable. However, I am not a perfect person, nor have I ever claimed to be. Did I do things in college that I would be embarrassed about now? Absolutely. Was I a part of my culture, the Times movies? Yes. I have grown as a person since college. I am not the man I was two years ago, let alone 14 years ago. It is important for women to speak out if they felt uncomfortable or harassed. I support that. If there was anyone I made feel uncomfortable, why not come to me? Well, okay. I would love an opportunity to right my wrongs and speak to any woman that wants to tell me how and when I made them feel uncomfortable. I want to take this as an opportunity to better myself and the treatment of women in my life. There's a lot to unpack. Oh, sorry. That was a very sorry, confrontational I'm, I'm statement. <laughs> just been like captivated yeah, by your time. Yeah. This. His handling of this from Whoa. the start has been extremely confrontational, which as Becca pointed out and on her Instagram, runs counter to his expectation that women feel safe coming to him um, and telling him what's going on. Oh, it- I also want to say that Becca actually sent a statement to Jezebel that included some specifics. She said, eight to ten women have reported receiving unsolicited dick pics slash inappropriate messages, timing on this ranging from several years ago to as recent as a month ago. Three women have reported their younger teenage sisters being hit on by him at Universal Studios, where he works, and messaged on social media. Um, And there was a now-deleted comment of, you need my big dick on a woman's photo, which he claims was photoshopped, although multiple people, at least five, have come forward telling Becca they saw the comment before it was deleted. And four women have reported, in vague terms, aggressive sexual behavior. So this is a critical mass of women who have come forward at least to Becca, and I believe at least one to Ashley Spivey as well, saying that Leo behaved in a way that was inappropriate, that felt violating in some capacity. Um, His initial reaction was certainly not to own it, apologize, and make amends. I think the first thing he did was post a video where a bunch of women were saying, we love love you, you, Leo. Leo. And then he goes, life's a trip. (laughs) So you see, like, oh, he can't have God. ever sent dick pics to women because women King. love him. Yeah. I The one thing I will say is that this, I hope this conversation keeps happening and that it reaches people, guys who want to be on this show, because the 
primary ingredient to ending up on this show is feeling like you are entitled to love, which everyone is, but being entitled to other things and feeling like you are allowed to just transgress boundaries anytime you encounter them is something that is so toxic and so common. And the number, I don't know anyone who's never gotten an unsolicited dick pic or invitation to one's dick or an urging to visit one's dick or just a declaration that you need someone's dick or whatever. It's so weird. It's such a weird impulse. It happens to every woman I know. So maybe guys can just learn from this and be like, oh yeah, that's actually very gross behavior and I'm going to check myself. Like that's the best case scenario. Um, None of those women should feel... Like, they need to talk to Leo. That's not a safe thing to do. There are safer ways to handle this for you, but... I also think, you know, if this is behavior that he had, you know, I mean, apparently some of this allegedly happened very recently, but even if it was, you know, a handful of things he had done in college, so own that. Reflect Mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. Explain why you are sorry. Explain why it's not okay. Use your platform again to educate yourself and change and do the work. It's really not acceptable to say I hurt a bunch of women, but I was just doing what everyone else did. Yeah, which is a defense we're hearing a lot lately. But what what is satisfying to people who are expecting some kind of may, you know, like who would like to be able to move past it, all they're looking for is some recognition of where you aired, the work you've done to get back, and the fact that you're still a work in progress, and that you recognize and see things from the other yeah. person's perspective. Becca and if you also, want people to feel safe coming to you yeah. and telling you, then you need to present it in a way other than, why wouldn't you come to me in private? <laughs> That's not a great <laughs> way to make yourself a safe place. I, right. I also want to say that Becca did send us screenshots of um, a back and forth she had with Leo after he had put out his statement where she tried to explain to him her issues with the statement uh, and why she felt that women would not want to, would, would yeah. not want to come to him to share their concerns. And his response was basically, I don't understand why I'm not a safe place. I'm in the public eye. I'm an open book. What? I've always been a safe place. Yeah. Which clearly, if... He's making women uncomfortable regularly, allegedly, then he is likely not a safe place or is not perceived to be a safe person to go to with your concerns, Um, especially if women are nervous that he might, you know, threaten them with litigation. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we haven't reported this out. Um, Becca received a lot of these things directly. We haven't really seen any evidence other than, you know, the screenshot of the Instagram These are are allegations, of Um, course. These are allegations. But based on even just on the way Leo handled it publicly, um, not super excited to see him on Paradise, not thrilled with how he handled this whole issue. And I think we're going to probably be seeing a lot more of this kind of thing for the next couple seasons. Well, what I think they need to do is wherever they do these fancy background checks, which clearly also need a little bit of work, they also need to hire some bored millennial girls and boys (laughs) who are experts. Social media stuff. Like anyone that is of millennial age is an expert of Insta stalking. Yeah. Like just hire a bunch of them, put them in a room together. They will get to the bottom. They will find something I'll someone like five yeah. years ago. I don't have any of these skills. Me I have no neither. idea how it works. I'm like, there were rumors about Leo and people were like everywhere. <laughs> what? Where? I know. And like, yeah. I Anyway, like it's it's possible to find this stuff. And I love the idea of them being allowed to access each other's social media yeah. on the show. I think it's interesting. There have been a lot Just of proposals saying. put out there. We really hope that in the future the show finds a way to kind of keep a more foot in the world. Reckon yeah, with this grapple kind of with thing. these things. Because um, this is going to keep coming up. As I said, at this point, if you cast 30 men in anything. Yeah. 
something will come up about yeah, at least one of them. Yeah. And on that note, I think we have to wrap up so yes. that Emma and I can get in a power nap before paradise. But oh my gosh. <laughs> Allison. You guys are... I mean, I guess I'm doing the same. Yeah, you yes. you're doing the same you're thing. You're in it with the us. same day. Thank you so much uh, for coming tomorrow. On. I guess. Yes. I mean, as always, you're if welcome you just back. Encouraged anytime. No, I yeah. come to I come to the lobby every day with my husband, obviously, <laughs> with his big lunch. Yes, because he's in this building. Yes, as well. he works in this building. So I pack him a big lunch in our minivan and oh, I drop a him big, off a big lunch. A big. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I'll just be back here tomorrow. And uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm oh, you're such a good tomorrow. wife. And thank you um, so much. And that's the most important guest. thing about you. I self-identify <laughs> as someone who would be a good, who is a good wife, and will be a good mother to my mm-hmm. husband's children. So it's an identity. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. Uh, well, thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers, <laughs> Becca and Garrett. Have a fucking great time. <laughs> For Feminism Fails, there were really so many things that concerned us this episode that it was hard to even pick them apart. There there was all the discussion about Becca just being only fit to be an amazing mother and a wife. There was all the stuff about Garrett wanting to just protect her bodily as a man should. Um, there was all the Leo stuff we talked about wasn't even this episode, but I feel like we but should feel throw like it in was there. This episode, uh, so we're just going to give today uh, in Bachelor Nation a four. A solid four. Great job with this finale, guys. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Allison Williams, and of course, our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Do you love Here to Make Friends? You do. Are you really excited to hear us talk about Bachelor in Paradise? Find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. You can like us there. And you can find us both on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffpost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Paradise, baby. Let's do it. <laughs>